It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, January 21st, the first day of on-the-field action for the LA Galaxy in the 2019 preseason. So that is now officially kicked off this preseason training, and so we're going to have a lot of information for you about the first day of training, including some uh, some interesting takes uh, from uh, Guillermo Barish-Coloto and his technical staff on exactly how much training these guys are going to be doing. Uh, we're also going to talk to you, of course, about uh, some of the stuff that uh, Kevin and I got to witness and take part of an MLS Media Day. Uh, and then we have some some different updates on rumors and different players going different directions and all sorts of fun stuff like that. So we've got a bunch of stuff to get to before we uh, dive into any of that. Let's bring in uh, the man who got to sit next to me, the lucky guy, uh, at MLS Media Day there, uh, the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? So how many days before the season starts? I know you got that figured out already. Yeah, you. I knew you were going to ask that, and I was like, oh, you know what? I don't need it today. I don't need to figure that out. That doesn't seem like something that like has to happen. And so being I didn't do it, I knew you were going to ask. Um, you didn't do it? No, oh, I didn't God. I didn't do it. I have it on my phone. Uh, let's see. Here we go. It is exactly um, this many days. LA Galaxy opening quick kick just 40 days away. 40 days. Okay. All right. So there you go. So I I know you're counting down so gonna the days. Be, we're going to be uh, wandering the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. Basically, basically the the desert of soccer information as it floods in on the first days of uh, of training. I have a a Twitter feed, Kevin, that is just MLS teams. Um, all it is is like the official uh, Twitter handle for every MLS team, and so that thing was it was just all pictures of people training today. Everybody training, just picture, 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 training, training, training. So MLS back in uh, in sort of full gear here uh, as they get ready for the start of the 2019 season. I'd say it's interesting. I think a lot of teams are here in, in Southern California training. It feels like um, there's teams obviously yeah. staying out of the uh, the cold, the cold snap that's happening in other places. So it's uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I believe Colorado is going to be here at least for a little while because they're going to play LAFC. Uh, well, Toronto is here. Colorado will yeah. be here. Um, uh, Atlanta is playing a game with LAFC, so I know that they're going to be here. Um, it, yeah, it seems like probably a third, a third of the clubs are here. Yeah, which is which is interesting. Sort of, I don't, you know, I don't know how big Arizona is. We've certainly seen in the past, and the Galaxy were there last year in the off season that, uh, you know, that training in the warmer warmer climates for uh for for these teams whenever you start the season certainly uh in some of those colder places is is a good thing to go but yeah we know the galaxy will be playing uh toronto the galaxy will be playing the vancouver whitecaps galaxy will be playing the colorado rapids and for the most part the galaxy don't have to leave home in order to do any of this stuff so uh, overall a, a good place to be located and situated if you're uh if you're the la galaxy well, you know what brings people here it's the weather for sure but there's a couple other factors one is there there are good places to 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 train and to play like Toronto, for example, is based at UC Irvine. Some of the games will be taking place at the uh, Orange County Great Park, which we know from the Galaxy Friendly there last year is a wonderful facility, a great facility. So, uh, you know, teams will be, be playing there. There'll be games at uh, StubHub, former StubHub. Yep. There'll be games at Bank of California. Yep. And as more teams come, I mean, no one, Toronto's not going to come here to, to scrimmage itself for three weeks oh seattle is coming down too do we mention them no they're not, not going to come here to scrimmage themselves for a couple of weeks so as colorado and seattle and uh toronto and lafc and the galaxy both stay here as you get five six seven eight teams in the area where they can play three or four games in a week or a week and a half you know the, the more sort of critical mass you get the more attractive it becomes the teams it's not just the weather it's the facilities the number of teams here. Uh, maybe another factor too is how many players come from Southern California. How many players actually feel at home here? Yeah. That's probably not the major issue or, or even no. a super important one, but it's a factor, I would guess. Yeah, yeah, I think it is a factor. Um, and speaking of uh, the great weather, and certainly speaking of the the preseason, uh, we've warned you once before on Thursday night. We told you about our live event coming on February sixteenth. Uh, that is the same day that the LA Galaxy will play be playing at the Orange County Great Park at five p.m. against the Vancouver White. Caps. So that game's at five. So what we've done is we've set up a live show taping, a live show that we're going to do at Taps Brewery in Tustin. 
Uh, it's a place that uh, is easily found and very close to the studio, so that helps, and that means it's only about 15 or 20 minutes away from the Great Park as well. So at noon, the doors will open. We'll wrap up that event around 2.30, 2.45, so everybody can, of course, head on over to the Great Park and get there for the 5 p.m. kickoff time and all that fun stuff. Uh, we'll have more information on that coming up uh, on the website, but again, uh, make sure you're saving the date on that. February 16th. Uh, at noon, you're going to want to be down here in Orange County getting ready for that game and, of course, attending the live taping with uh, hopefully some special guests, some fun co-hosts, and, and all that sort of fun stuff. So I got it circled on my calendar, and I will be heading to bed right about the time you start your no, broadcast because I will be in France then. I know, I know. You're going to be in France, but we're going to make you call in and stay up late, I think, is, is what's going to happen. So we're we're going to make this happen. We're going to make – the Panda will not miss this event. I'm gonna As long as we can get cell phone reception, <laughs> as long as we can do something, we're going to make sure that we can uh, – can get Kevin on this, but uh, gonna have Eric, uh, the Portuguese hammer will be there. I, I think I've convinced Larry Morgan not on Twitter to show up as well, and we'll see if I can reach into some of the other co-hosts and see if they're gonna come down as well, and then uh, we'll work on some of those special guests and more stuff on that will be coming out. So make sure you check out the website here in the next couple of days as I put up the event information, um, and then we'll uh, we'll make sure that your state update, uh, we'll, we'll remind you and update you as we get closer and closer. Um, the other thing I wanna make sure I get to before we get too far is, of course, we're still selling our uh, Best in the Galaxy t-shirt shirts uh one of our major fundraising efforts for the start here in 2019 so head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com click on that shop button you'll see a picture of the shirt you click on that it'll take you right to the website where you can order the campaign itself closes on february 5th so you still have some time about 15 days from when we're recording right now um but you don't want to wait till much long much too long after that because we have a tendency to uh shelve designs after they've been printed the first time Wait a minute. I mean, this, I, I am vested in, in this campaign because this, as you know, pays my salary. Yes. Why not keep that open until the uh, event so people at the event can purchase, can be shamed into buying those uh, shirts at the cam at the uh, at the event itself? Maybe we, we can try, but it's all web-based. So being at an event doesn't really help you. I mean, and, no. and it only runs, I can only run the campaigns for max of three weeks. That's why I do three weeks and then it shuts down, but I can auto launch those. So that way it can launch again after that time. It's just going to be depending on the demand of what we get. I mean, we've already, already sold about 30 shirts so far, Kevin. So that's pretty good. Um, but you know, I think our record is like 70. So I think we can, we can, we can still do, do pretty good. $20 gets you that shirt and all that money goes right to the podcast and then immediately gets sunk into all the equipment and Kevin never sees a dime just in case you were crazy. Baby needs a new pair of shoes. Come on, <laughs> buy those shirts. That's, that's how it works. All right, let's get to, uh, the LA galaxy and, uh, and talking about, um, you know, some of the things, Kevin, you were actually at an event on Friday. Now I know some of the people I were was. able, able to, I? yeah, you, you remember, remember? Oh, oh do, yeah. Yes, yes. The Ziggy Memorial Mass. That's right. The Ziggy, the Ziggy. Ziggy Schmidt Memorial Mass uh, that was held in the South Bay. Uh, I know it was streamed and, and, and some people were able to watch that and, and take a look, but I'd love to hear um, sort of your experience there and, and who was there and just, you know, say, paint us a picture with your words, Kevin well, Baxter. It, it, it was incredible. When I got to the church, I got there really early because I, I, I figured it was going to be crowded and that I was probably not an A-list celebrity that was going to be ushered in. But, oh my God, it, it was the church was packed. There had to be very close to a thousand people there. Uh, it was insane. Everybody who was anybody in U.S. soccer had been. I mean, there were six national team coaches there. There were Hall of Famers. You know, Kobe Jones was there. Um, uh, St uh, Holden, Stuart Holden was there. Um, I saw a, a, the national team, in, which is in Chula Vista, uh, had a carpool that came up. Uh, so Greg Berhalter was there. Tyler Miller from LAFC was there. Sebastian Legette from the Galaxy was there. Uh, Kai Kamara was there, who who played uh, for Ziggy in Columbus. Jordan Morris was there. There were enough players. You you really could have uh, active and former players, Alexi Lawless, for example. Um, you could have had an 11 on 11 game uh, that you would have paid to paid to see. I mean, that level of player was there. It was uh, it was incredible. We had Ernie Stewart, general manager of the U.S. national team, was there. Um, the turnout was incredible. You know, we mentioned the last six national team coaches, which would be Bob Bradley. You know, Jurgen Klinsman was there. Uh, Berhalter, I mentioned Bruce Arena, mm -hmm. Bruce Arena's son Kenny. Uh, there were a a contingent, small contingent of Galaxy players. I saw David Bingham there. Um, um, it, it, just everybody who was anybody was there. And, and Matt Reese, the former Galaxy goalkeeper coach, who was goalkeeper coach of the U.S. national team under Bruce. He said if ISIS wanted to take out uh, the cream of the crop of U.S. soccer, that that church was the place to hit on Friday because everybody was there. It was a great service. It, it was lengthy. It lasted about two and a half hours. 
there was a full Catholic mass, and then they were followed by people getting up and giving uh, their remembrances of Ziggy. Most of the people that spoke, and and, and actually, to tell the truth, the best speakers were the people that had the longest history with him, and, and a lot of players who played with him at UC, or played for him at UCLA, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had some really really touching remembrances. It was really a celebration, you know, of Ziggy. Everyone got captain's armbands, black captain arm armbands to wear with, with Ziggy's uh, name on it, his uh, the date of his birth, the date of his death. Um, I did ask a couple of uh, team representatives there. Brendan Hannon was there from the Galaxy. I asked him about the possibility of, of a memorial patch on the Galaxy uniforms this year, and he said that's still a work in progress. They have to talk to the league. They have to get permission from Adidas, who makes the jerseys. Uh, the Seattle Sanders said the same thing, to be announced, whether they're going to do that. Most likely they will. Um, it, one thing about Ziggy is uh, I, I know a lot of people out there probably know a lot more about Ziggy uh, than I do or that I did. But in, in really going back to to sort of research uh, some stuff about Ziggy, it is truly amazing how he was right there in the middle of every important moment of U.S. soccer over the last 40 years, at least. I mean, go back and figure, he was there. He was part of the first AYSO team that played. And now look how big AYSO was there, uh, is. One of the players he coached at UCLA was the guy who scored the goal against Trinidad and Tobago that put the U.S. into the 1990 World Cup, their first World Cup in 40 years. Mm-hmm. He was an assistant coach in the 1994 team. He, the Galaxy have won five MLS Cups, most most in league history. Ziggy won the first of those. Um, he took a Seattle uh, expansion team to the playoffs seven consecutive seasons, uh, won another MLS Cup with Columbus where he coached Guillermo Barrascoloto, who now is the Galaxy coach. I mean, just everywhere you turn, uh, he had his hand right uh, on the pulse of what was going on in American soccer. There will never be another Ziggy. And I, I thought the tribute to him was was really fitting. Uh, it was it was emotional, It it but it wasn't sad. You know, I mean, people were celebrating his life uh, and mourning his death, but celebrating what he accomplished. It was it was pretty incredible. Those of you who saw it, I know saw it streaming, probably even had a better view than me. I was in the uh, way in the back. But um, it, it just to see the turnout really gave you an impression just how important Ziggy Schmidt was. Yeah, it seemed that way. And, and certainly as we transition into MLS Media Day, which took place the, the next day on Saturday, um, which you and I were both in attendance for, um, you could see even the people who were at MLS Media Day, you know, also acknowledging the event on Friday and saying, you know, what a great turnout it was and, and what a what a great, you know, sort of remembrance event it was for Siggy Schmidt. So, um, you know, a, a lot of really, he was, and I don't think you, as you put, Kevin, you don't really understand where, how, how much, how much the tentacles of Siggy Schmidt, like, reached into almost every nook and cranny of Major League Soccer, U.S. Soccer throughout the, you know, his tenure and his time on this earth. So uh, certainly a huge, huge, um, you know, figure in in the sport here in the United States and, and certainly a, a large part of why it has grown the way it has grown and, and its success here in the United States uh, over, over the last, you know, 40 years or so. And one guy who mentioned it on Saturday I thought was was really interesting and a little bit touching, I suppose, is it, there was no, it, you know, there's no secret that there was no love lost between Zlatan and Ziggy. And, and um, you know, whether or not Zlatan had anything to do with Ziggy's dismissal in September, I don't know. They certainly weren't on the same page on a lot of issues. Um, but Zlatan spoke on Saturday and he went out of his way to make the point that that he was very sad about Ziggy's passing. And he said, this has nothing to do with soccer. This goes beyond soccer. This is about life. And then Zlatan mentioned how sad he was to hear of Ziggy's passing. And I, I kind of thought that was that was nice and, and poignant and, and something that he didn't have to do, but he really felt like he wanted to tell the world that he was acknowledging that, you know, that Ziggy was there and that he was special and that he wasn't, and, and that he wasn't with us anymore. I thought that was nice. Yeah, it, it was. So, uh, so it was a very interesting. Let's, let's go to MLS media day. Let's set the scene for everybody for MLS media day, Kevin. And of course you, you burst my bubble on MLS media day. Uh, you told me why MLS media day happens and why the reporters are actually there. Uh, tell people really what the the whole idea behind MLS media day is. Yeah. And I even found out some more today when I went to LAFC training, there's a lot that goes on beyond the scenes. First, basically the, the reason they have this is it's for players and they generally pick two or three star players or name players for each team. They come to a hotel in LA. It used to be Manhattan beach. Now it's at universal city. Like they come to a hotel there, they go to various ballrooms at what they the, the the team officials call stations, and they do interviews with rights holders like Univision and and Fox and and whatever other ESPN rights holders and, might be yeah, there. Yeah, all the ESPN ones, like all all that right, sort ESPN of stuff, yeah. is there. 
Um, and, and these also show off the New Jersey's. We we had to sign a confidentiality form saying that if we saw one of the New Jersey's, we were not able to comment about it, talk about it, take pictures of it or anything else. So we kind of sworn to secrecy. But the real reason they're there is for the rights holders. And there's all kinds of commercial stuff that goes on, whether it's the some of the um, – the graphics and, and some of the videos you see when they're introducing players before a game and when they do little features on players, a lot of that, the at least the video is shot there. And some of the interviews are shot there as well, season right. uh, interviews to begin the season, which is one reason, by the way, for the first time in my memory, Gio Dos Santos was not involved in this, in this media day, which is still relatively new. Uh, he was not involved, and the reason he wasn't involved is because there isn't an assurance that he's going to be part of MLS when the season starts. So you don't want to film a guy touting the new season if he's not going to be there right so uh, another thing i found out um that was I interesting is uh, apparently some of the things they do back there they may do uh, uh may do some sort of promo for a an advertiser in uh, in mls for some of the national broadcasts uh amanda diamandi who plays for lafc would not do some of the we had to be sort of guided around some of the stations he didn't want to do anything that had to do with tobacco or alcohol or anything like that so he, he got uh, excused from some of the media sessions that they were doing backstage. But the the whole point of this, I think, is what you wanted me to talk about is they, they don't do this for the media. They do this for the rights holders of the TV people. But somebody had the bright idea three years ago to say, hey, if we got all these players in one building at one time, let's invite some of the print media out and we can add a, another station. And so the players come in and they get five to 10 minutes with us. It's a round table, uh, sort of a setup where they come into a room, they, they sit at the head of the table and take questions from the national media for 10 to 15 minutes. Right. And so that's where we get to meet a lot of these players. I think we did something like 32 interviews, maybe, maybe a little more, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. I don't know. Some, there were, there were guys missing. There were guys who, who, who did show up. There were guys who only took a couple minutes. There were guys who took the 15 minutes, uh, the guys who took the 10 minutes, uh, the LA galaxy representatives on the day were uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic to come in and talk to us first, and then it was Ola Kamara about, I don't know, two or three hours later. But just to give everybody a, an idea, we were at MLS Media Day from roughly 8 a.m. whenever check-in sort of started until, let's see, well, we went to an event afterwards even at Universal City that MLS was nice enough to invite us to. So I don't think I got back in the car till about 10 or 9.30 or 10 or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, before we went to that event, we were in that room probably from 8.30 till 5.30 or 6 and never left. I mean, well, if you had to go to the bathroom, you had to leave. But other than that, never left. One of the cool things was the wide range of... of um, Ways the players acted. I mean, from Zlatan just, uh, you know, doing the Zlatan show, he was funny, he was engaging, he was honest, didn't duck any questions, thanked the media before he left, which yes. I thought was interesting. And he had Bradley Wright Phillips from the New York Red Bulls that came in and went around the room and shook every reporter's hand and he's before a, he took the podium. And he's hysterical. Let's let's just, let's, like, said, I, I, I was waiting, because last year whenever uh, I went and we were there, you know, Bradley Wright Phillips came in and was, was one of the funniest guys we got to talk to and was just a, a good guy. Um, so I was really looking forward to him coming back again. And and the guy is the guy is genuinely funny, and he has a good time with the media, and we all laugh and we all enjoy it. And you know, you still get really good information from him, whichever questions you ask. And you know, he comes in, shakes everybody's hand. He's just the the ultimate like you know, he's the ultimate professional. Whenever you sit there, and and Zlatan was great too. He was making fun of the, our particular corner of the room because it was uh, the Galaxy beat reporter table. We were there with uh, John Rojas as well. Um, so the three of us were in one section there. So we were we were peppering Zlatan with some questions. Um, so he, he was great too. I mean, it was for the most part, and there were certainly some great people in there. I, I got to talk to Brad Guzan, who I thought was just so insightful with the stuff he was talking about Atlanta United. And then Bill Hamid, so honest, someone asked him about what, not being in the national team camp. And he said, look, I have to be real with you. I'm better than all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, and, but like, wasn't rude or crude about it. Just was like, he's a competitor and you understand that. And it was just like, oh yeah, cool. Bill, Bill Hamid thinks he's better than those four guys and you, and he wants to prove you know, it. What's he supposed to say? Yeah. I'm not good enough to be there. He said, I'm better than all those guys. And that's what he's supposed to say. And he said it with all due respect. It wasn't arrogant. It wasn't over the top. He just said, look, I have to think that, you know, I, I think that I'm better than those guys and that I should be there and I'm not there. And now I have to prove it to people that I am who I think I am. Uh, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, again, it wasn't over the top. 
But that was the kind of stuff we got. Most of the, the guys were pretty open. There wasn't a whole lot of, I think, and I just put my pants on one leg at a time. You know, most of the guys were, were pretty direct. And, you know, like you said with Bradley Wright Phillips, you can't help but smile when that guy leaves the room. Right. Um, you know, some of the interviews in Spanish, most of them in English. Um, uh, Ola was pretty funny talking about uh, uh, watching. It. He didn't know anything about Guillermo Barlos. Skeletal. Yeah. So you go ahead and tell. You were no. the one that asked the question. Yeah, no, he he said we asked him. I basically asked him if uh, if he had t- spoken to Guillermo yet, and he said no, I haven't. And and he goes, but I am watching. I am watching the documentary on Netflix, which is the Boca Juniors Confidencial, uh, which is in Spanish but has English subtitles. Listen, I've okay. So after Ola said that he watched it, Kevin, I I may have watched the first two episodes as well, or at least I'm almost through it. He said uh, basically that he had watched the first two episodes. So I asked him what he's taken away from it so far. He goes, well, I've only watched two. I'm like, well, and then. Kevin, I think you followed up and you asked him, well, when did you start watching? And he goes, basically in the car on the way up here. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> Cramming is, for the test at the last minute. Which is great. And he said that uh, Jorgen Shelvik told him to watch it. He was like, hey. And so basically Ola's big takeaway from all this was that preseason was going to be difficult. We're going to get into that in a second uh, about exactly what that is and, and how that's going to go. Um, and sort of tell you why Ola Kamara thinks that it, that is. But, I mean, Zlatan was great. Ola was great. There were so many great guys. I thought Josie Altador was really honest with us and, and, and had some great takes on things. And it's nice to get... Uh, views on Major League Soccer, both from Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who said that if he w- that if you wanted to find out about academies and what the U.S. is doing wrong and what maybe MLS soccer is doing wrong, it would take him five hours and he'd still need another five hours. Um, you know, it, it's all those those fun things. Wayne Rooney was there, who it was interesting to hear sort of his takes um, and what a sort of humble, quiet guy he is. I mean, yeah, but you didn't like him. I, I thought I thought for some in in some instances it was a little there was a little void of of complete thought there. Uh, Bill Hamid had talked about you know a big player and this this relates to Zlatan Ibrahimovic so we can talk about it a little bit uh, Bill Hamid had talked about how he went away um, and then of course he comes back to DC United and Wayne Rooney had come back to had had signed with DC United about three weeks before Bill Hamid came back Bill Hamid comes back and he goes I noticed a difference in the locker room as soon as I got in there that guys were showing up on time that they were doing the little things that there was more respect about the club and how they're supposed to do things and I asked Wayne Rooney I go is that is that a thing that you're saying there? Are you telling the young guys, you know, how this works and stuff like that? And he goes, and, and Wayne's sort of, you know, answer was, you know, we get paid a lot of money. The least we can do is show up on time. And it was sort of, you know, it's a broader question than that, which is, you know, is he the influential guy there? But the bottom line is when you have guys like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Wayne Rooney, you have these world, you know, sort of superstar players is it demands more out of the team. And it especially demands more out of the younger players and, and what they're expected and, and what level they live up to the culture of a team can be greatly impacted by some of these older veteran players that maybe don't get as much recognition as Zlatan and Wayne Rooney, uh, but certainly guys like Ashley Cole, who we'll talk about a little bit later too, um, have an effect on what happens in that locker room and how it goes. So I don't know. I I thought it was interesting. Well, and Zlatan spoke about the fans too. He talked about, he said the fans deserve more than they got last season, talking about the Galaxy fans. And he said that he, and, and I'm, I think he was sincere. He said that's one of the reasons he came back. Of course, he comes back for $7.2 million, which is an MLS record for a single season salary. And he did say, he said, you saw what I did last season when I was the worst paid player in MLS. Yes. Wait till you see what I do this season when I'm the best paid. But he did talk about, he said, I feel like I have much more to give to the Galaxy and MLS. The way we ended the season was not a situation that was normal for me. Normally where I go, I win. I didn't succeed with uh, last year. The fans deserve more than what they got. We didn't make the playoffs for that. It's something new. He said it's catastrophic not to make the playoffs. And he said he, he's coming back to improve on that. He left a bad taste in his mouth. He also did say that he signed a one-year contract, but he said that that doesn't mean he's only going to play one more season. He talked about he will play as long as he feels like he can, 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 can contribute. And he gave the impression I got, Josh, I don't know what you thought, that he thinks that might be three to four more seasons. Yeah. But his thinking is, I do not that he does not want to sign a four-year deal and not be able to play four years and wind up being sort of the Albert Pujols of MLS and just sit there collecting the paycheck and not be able to, to contribute. He said that puts the club in a bad position that I'm taking up so much of the salary and I can't contribute. So what he said is he will continue to sign one-year contracts for as long as he can play, and that may be at the Galaxy. I think that that was kind of the assumption uh, that he wanted us to take away, but. This may not be his last season, uh, and I think we're going to be hearing a lot about that. I think he's going to sort of keep us on the edge. That's that's sort of the uh, the way this chapter is going to end. He's going to keep us going all season about what's going to happen next year. 
Yeah, yeah, right around August, we're going to start asking those questions, or maybe even in July and June is, is you know, well, how do you feel now? And we're, we'll eventually might get a real answer by the time the season's over about whether or not he sees. And, and certainly the, the how he goes about that is 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 sort of going to determine whether or not that you get another contract. I, I thought it was really funny that he was going on. Uh, it was a total Zlatan move, which is which is always funny. He's like, listen, he goes, you know, even getting, and Kevin, you read the quote, you know, even getting into the playoffs at sixth is almost catastrophic to him. He, you know, he doesn't like that. He's like, you know, to me, um, and I'm paraphrasing. He says to me, whenever I win, the, whenever if you win the league, you win the regular season, then you've won something. He goes, and then the playoffs, which is like a bonus. If you win the MLS Cup, then you've won something. He goes to me, Atlanta United is the only one who deserves to like sort of do it because they. He goes, I they I think they finished first in the and everybody goes now they finished second. And he goes, oh, he goes, well that's not good. That's no good either, right? And he's like, yeah, these guys won an MLS Cup. They finished second in the league, uh, second in the Eastern Conference behind the New York Red Bulls. And Zlatan's like, hey, you were impressive to me for a second, and now you're not anymore which is well, which was funny. here's another couple of uh, real quick quotes that he he had that I thought were interesting he talked about being a leader remember he didn't always have I, I don't even know if he had the captain's armband more than once or twice last year and he said a leader is not chosen a leader is there because he's a leader you cannot say to yourself I will be a leader of this team either you are or you are not same thing with the captain you have an official captain and you have an unofficial captain to have the band that doesn't mean you're the real captain then about the coach you know because that now Scalotta will be his third coach and he hasn't even been here a full season yet he said for me the coach is as good as the team if you don't have a good team nothing the coach does works so it's a combination of everything and he says I think we have it um, and then uh, again ask about how long he would be there he said I'll play as long as I can perform one year at a time for right. the moment I feel good and uh, talking about last year he said things were new for me I really didn't know how things worked this is something I'm more ready for now so he and, and you know I mean it took him what eight minutes ten minutes to get into into the into the uh, yeah to get into the score sheet yeah, yeah the, so maybe on, maybe he'll do it in five minutes this time. onto the score sheet I have a story about that day actually that I heard over this weekend and that uh, comes from uh from a good friend so I, you know you can trust this but so we all know the the story of that March 31st game against LAFC and the galaxy losing and stuff like that and so over on the sidelines, Laton Ibrahimovic, if you remember, didn't start that game because he had just been signed, and we were all like, there's no way he's going to play. And the fact that he was in the 18, we're like, okay, yeah, he's going to come in and play you know, some role. Who knows what that role will be? Um, so he's on the side, and he's stretching. Uh, and he's, he's waiting to come into the game, and he's getting warm. And there's this ball kid who is standing right next to him and is, is you know, watching the game and sort of doing it. And so Zlatan starts talking to this ball kid, and this ball kid's just, like, in awe, looking up at this six foot five you know, Swedish superstar standing there and has no idea really what to say. And so Zlatan is talking to him a little bit, and it's, it's a little bit about the game, a little bit about the game. And Zlatan stops, bends over, looks this kid right in the eyes, and he says, he goes, listen, you can be anything you want to be, all right? You can do anything you want to do. You just got to believe it. Right, that so that was Zlatan mere seconds before he is then put into the game and scores two goals that eventually lead the LA Galaxy to a four three win. That that is that is a real story that really happened. Um, it just sort of makes the legend of 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 Zlatan grow just a little bit for it. Just seconds before he goes out onto the field, he's talking to this ball kid, telling him he can do anything and be anything he wants to be. Maybe even a little bit out of what they were talking about. It comes out of nowhere where he's like, "You can be anything and do anything you want to." Almost like, "Hey kid, listen to me. I'm talking to you here for a second. Let me." get this in before I go score some goals so well um, yeah this kid's gonna wind up being the first astronaut to land on Mars and we're all gonna read the story about how he was inspired by a conversation he had on the sidelines at the StubHub Center with Zlatan Ibrahimovic anyway I wanted to make sure I got that in there and uh, and told you that story I just heard that story I thought it was great I asked if I could share it the person said yes uh, absolutely um so that, anyway MLS media day I mean for the most part uh it was it was interesting. I thought it was very well run by MLS this year. It went really fast, Kevin, and I didn't feel like anything was dragging. Um, where in years before, I, I felt like maybe it was a little bit longer than than it needed to be. So uh, it was great, great time. I think we learned a lot when, and it was nice to hear you know players talk from all over. Certainly a trend with South Americans and the South American sort of ideas of why they're coming to Major League Soccer. Um, Which I, shows why the Galaxy have been really behind the eight ball on that. They've been way behind the curve on that, and they're trying to catch up now with the close and Scaletto, I think, and we're seeing them use their, their Latin American uh, contacts. But as, as you were saying, every other team has already been there. A lot of Latin American players are already talking about how MLS is the destination for Latin American players. Yeah, absolutely. Using it as a jumping point to Europe, so you're getting younger players, but also uh, using it as, as sort of the, the safety and, and the 
the the regular paychecks of uh, that you can get by coming to Major League Soccer, all those things certainly play into it. Um, but you look at it now, and it's sort of shifting even from that you know safety regular paycheck idea to jumping off point. Can I go to Major League Soccer, and then can I go somewhere else from there, and will that make me more money? And is the United States a stop on my playing career abroad and everywhere else? And that would be great for the league, and it would be great for the LA Galaxy. And it certainly seems like with uh, Scalotto, uh, with Dennis DeClosa there, um, that they're going to really take a look at their connections in South America, in Central America, you know, even in Mexico, um, to be able to make pipelines to the LA Galaxy, just not this season, next season, and from here on out. I- I'll tell you, I would imagine that Guillermo Barrascolota right now, Kevin, is looking at the roster that he has, and certainly they've re-signed a whole bunch of people, and we talked to Ola Kamara sort of about that consistency and if that was going to help them. Um, in terms of you already have some chemistry built in here. It's mostly the same guys. You're going to add in a few pieces. Does that help? And, and Ola was saying, yeah, he goes, you know, it, it does help. It does help already because we already know the guys and we, we sort of know what to expect from each other. And we know we're going to get we need to get better. Um, and Ola even said, which I thought was was a, a really interesting insight uh, about the offense. And I talked about him and Zlatan scoring so many goals together. Uh, and he goes, yeah, he goes, but a lot of that was sort of like random individual talent. And if you go, I, I couldn't agree with him more, by the way, uh, random individual talent more than just, um, you know, good team goals or anything like that. There were a few of those, but for the most part, it's, hey, look, you got the ball to Zlatan and he scored. Or, hey, look, you know, you found Ola Kamara, who I think had 14 goals last year. Um, so these guys scoring all these goals, it wasn't great team goals. It wasn't a great team, which we all know, but Kamara made it the point of telling everybody that it's clear that by re-signing some, most of these guys and keeping mostly the same team, that the front office was at least happy with the quality of players they had. They just weren't happy with the results of those players, which I think is an interesting sort of take. And certainly the contracts the Galaxy signed last year either hamstrung them a bunch this year or they were indeed happy with, with some of that quality. So I, I just think all of those are interesting takes as you sort of move towards this next season with chemistry and everything else. I think the Galaxy, um, by adding some new pieces, can really you know solidify some of those big holes that we've been talking about throughout the offseason. Um, but you know this chemistry part is going to be interesting. And under a new head coach, which, Kevin, I think you asked the question, everything has changed in the front office. The field stays mostly the same. You know, is is the coaching change that much of a disruptor and that type of stuff? Well, when you look at it, the the galaxy, you know, the good thing the galaxy have going is every the whole team is coming back. The bad thing the galaxy have going for them is the whole team is coming back. Right. This was a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. It's one that gave up sixty four goals, that and scored sixty six. So, but everyone's back. So it, it's you know, is the glass half full or half empty? Yes, there's that chemistry there, but that uh, you have to hope that uh, definitely that that and what the galaxy are banking on is that one year makes a difference that that one year of chemistry that one year of being together you know a lot of mls teams they they're unable to keep their core together especially when they've had success because everyone is looking for a bigger payday if they've had success and so the team breaks up and you saw that with the galaxy championship teams when they had to get rid of mike mcgee and sean franklin donovan ricketts and people like that um so the galaxy do bring everybody back you uh, as ola had uh, suggested you do hope for that one extra year of chemistry but before we get away from the South American players yes. too much, I, I want to bring that up again because one of the things that this has been a movement in the league and, and the Galaxy were the only team that did not have a South American player on their roster last year. Yes, Ralph Felcher plays for the Venezuelan national team, but he was born in Scandinavia. He's Scandinavian. He's he just happens to he, have he's Swiss. Uh, Say he's Swiss. He's Swiss. Yes. He happens to have a you know a Venezuelan heritage, so he can go play for Venezuela. But I don't count him as a Venezuelan player. But Miguel Amarone from Atlanta United, who is about uh, appears to be ready to jump to Europe, told me that as a young player in South America that he thought he was good enough to go to Europe, but he didn't think he was going to get spotted in South America. There would be scouts there, but there wouldn't be that. Uh, you know, the games aren't on TV there. People aren't talking about those teams. They are a little bit about MLS. You know, in England, you can get more MLS games. It's easier to get MLS on TV and you can see more games and more different teams than you can English Premier League teams. Mm-hmm. So um, just the way the TV schedule works out. So he felt like I can be seen in Europe if I go play in the U.S. That's one reason that the players come. And that's why you get the young players. When you're getting the players from Europe, a lot of times you're getting players at the end of the career. And Ashley Cole, who was very useful for the Galaxy, but not a guy you're necessarily going to build your team around because of his age. You're not sure how long he'll be there, those kind of things. But the South Americans, you're getting young players on their way up. You're getting uh, Almiron. You're getting a 20-year-old Diego Rossi 
with LAFC who's told me that his goal is to go to Europe, and this is a stepping stone. So the players come here to be seen. They come here. The league has now gotten to the point where if you leave a, a pinnacle in, in Uruguay and come play in the U.S., it's not a huge step down. You, you can argue that perhaps it's a slight step down, but it's not like you're going down to the minor leagues. You know, It's still a quality league, and there are quality players. So when people come to scout you, they see you against quality players. Um, and the other thing is the paycheck. As you mentioned, the paychecks are regular. They're on time. They come. They don't bounce. Um, that's good. A lot of players also talk about the lifestyle. In a lot of Latin American countries, uh, it's dangerous to be a celebrity with a big paycheck. Uh, it's dangerous for your family. Um, the the you know the lifestyle here is clearly much better. Players don't get recognized. They can go out to dinner and now their families aren't bothered. That's another factor. So I, I do think you're going to see this Latin American pipeline continue. As we talked about earlier, there were more players from uh, South America alone. Forget Mexico and the Caribbean or Central America. More players from South America alone than Africa and Asia combined in MLS last year. And again, I think you're going to c- continue to see that grow. And that's why the new brain trust with the Galaxy, Scalotto and DeCloza, with their contacts in Latin America, is so important. MLS is a copycat league, and you see the success of a team like Atlanta United or Seattle when they brought in Ladero. These Latin American players have changed the way MLS plays. And no, you don't have to follow that trend if you don't want to. You 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 know if you can come up with your own ideas. But in a sense, the Galaxy were running the the single wing when the rest of the the uh, MLS were playing. You know, with a West Coast offense. And uh, to use an NFL analogy, they were behind the times. They they had a a template that was successful once, but everyone else has passed them by. And now the Galaxy are trying to catch up. And you see they've already signed, you know, Diego Polenta is coming in and Antuna from Mexico. And they're starting to use some of those connections to sort of catch up with where the rest of the league is. Yeah, it feels that way. Let's uh, let's transition to the LA Galaxy now. Their first media availability will be Wednesday, January 23rd. Uh, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, will be out there for Corner of the Galaxy. I think, Kevin, you're going to be out there uh, as right. well. If, if anybody's alive after the first two days of that, two-a-days. That's certainly how it is. That's the, that was the sort of the, I, I think, the media availability, which we hinted at on Thursday, would be Wednesday. We already told you that. Uh, So the January 23rd date isn't a surprise to you if you listen to Thursday night's podcast. But the big sort of uh, thing here is the Galaxy will be holding two trainings a day for what I'm being told is the first about two or three weeks of this offseason. That is a 9 a.m. training and a 5 p.m. training. Um, which is which is interesting and tiring and, and all the things. We talked about Ola Kamara talking about Netflix and, and sort of what he learned. And really the, the big thing, and if you go and watch those first two episodes of uh, Boca Juniors Confidencial, uh, you'll see that it is about uh, Valdecantos, the, the physical trainer. He is out there. He is a guy who, by the way, uses technology to its fullest, Kevin. Um, you know, I know I know there's been a little joke about, you know, Valdecantos being 60 years old, and I said, oh, I want this little, you know, Argentinian uh, to be out they're smoking a cigarette and yelling at people and blah, blah, blah. This guy is in shape. Uh, he, he probably looks good for being 60 years old. He's into the technology, the GPS trackers. They're tracking everybody's movements throughout these things. So that way then they can say, hey, how come this guy over here did, you know, 90 of these accelerations and you only did 47? That shouldn't make any sense, you know, that type of thing. So then they can use it to motivate. They can use it to train and they can use it to do uh, these different things. So Valdecantos running those 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. trainings, Kevin. And we also learned that the Galaxy in between trainings aren't going home. They're boarding buses. Uh, and they're going off to uh, to a hotel, and they're resting in between these two as a team. Uh, so they're hanging out between these training sessions. Um, and so, Kevin, as we uh, as we saw, so 9 a.m. this morning, the Galaxy reported, and we're out on the field and did that whole thing. Uh, and then we started recording a little bit after 5 tonight. But uh, nonetheless, at 5 p.m., those guys will be out there training again for their second of the two-a-days. So this is going to happen for the next two to three weeks. Valdecantos is, is known as a miracle worker in terms of his ability to get guys in shape and ready for long seasons. Um, this is going to be interesting. And Ola Kamara was already dreading the uh, the the workouts that were coming. And I think most of the LA Galaxy players are probably going to feel that way as well. Well, I think one of the things Valdecantos likes to do is to see how many times he can get players to vomit. Yeah. Uh, my understanding is he really pushes that envelope. Uh, it be interesting to see how... Some of these, you know, I, there's a number of players in that camp that have never been through anything like this. I don't know if, if 
this Zlatan ever ran into anything like this in Europe, but certainly a lot of the players that have not been, uh, you know, when you think of Daniel Steris or Dave Rom, never been anything through anything like this. And the one guy who's probably counting his lucky stars right now is Sebastian Lejet, who's <laughs> off with the national team and is training very hard, I'm sure, but probably nothing like this. Yeah, he's he's going to get to play catch up, that's for sure. So again, the Galaxy will uh, will go for those trainings, and and I mean these trainings are. Are, are going to be intense, and it's going to be for these first two or three weeks, and then that's what you're going to see. So, uh, again, it's it's going to be interesting to see. you, Kevin, you brought up a good point. How many of these trainings does Zlatan Ibrahimovic partake in? Um, you know, is he going to be every day, the two-a-days, with his uh, with his history of injuries and everything else? But I think Valdecanto certainly has an idea of what is it's going to take. And Zlatan says that uh, whenever he was talking to us, Kevin, that he's really not doing anything special anymore. Uh, in terms of his knee, he said last year there was a lot of rehab that he had to do and stuff like that, but he is now strong enough and, and there, he's there that it's just about maintaining that fitness uh, and maintaining that, that health. Uh, more than anything else. So it's uh, it's interesting to sort of see him be where he wants to be physically and being in preseason training this year with the Galaxy. Remember, Zlatan came in, you know, three games, four games into the season last year, didn't have a preseason with the LA Galaxy, didn't have really a preseason training. With anybody, didn't have a preseason with anybody. He yeah. was injured at when Manchester United had their preseason. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, you're... you're Wasn't even signed. You're, you're getting an in-shape Zlatan Ibrahimovic basically for this March 2nd opener well, against And he'll be more in shape when he gets done with this training. By the way, if you're wondering about that so uh, it, it, it is very interesting you have a guy like Zlatan who is clearly the best player on the team maybe the best player in the league um, and has been there and done that and bought the t-shirt and doesn't really have anything to prove to anybody else but he's out there with a lot of young players uh, they know he's the highest paid player now if if Zlatan starts to pull out of some of these really difficult training sessions you know it's curious how are the other players going to react are they going to say well, I thought he was part of a team. How come he didn't have to do this? Or do they look the other way? And I remember talking to Ziggy about that last year, and he said, you know, the the mantra you always hear is treat everybody the same. Coaches have to treat everybody the same. Players all expect to be treated the same. And he said that that was, that was BS, that people know, uh, you know, you don't treat Ola Kamara the same way that you treat Efrem Alvarez. Right. Um, so you don't treat Zalatan the same way you treat Boateng. I mean, just the players realize that. The coaches realize that. I mean, you don't want to push it. You don't want to say, hey, Zalatan, you just show up for the first game of the season. We'll see you then. You know, go hang out at LA Fitness and do what you want. Um, but but it, there is kind of a fine line. I think Zalatan has to, once again, earn the trust and respect of everybody on the team. But on the other hand, he's 38. He doesn't need to kill himself either. Yeah, he, he doesn't need to do any of that. So anyway, I thought the, I think it's going to be a very interesting preseason to see how the Galaxy handle that, uh, to see how they handle the trainings, to see how all that stuff sort of uh, evolves around Guillermo and Gustavo and uh, and uh, and Dominic Kinnear out there as well. Um, and then, you know, to see how Valdecantos really treats these guys as well. They're getting a world-class physical training. Uh, and all the Boca Juniors guys who are talking about Valdecantos says, listen, it's okay for us to suffer right now because we know we're not going to be suffering in the games that we're going to watch our opponents wilt away and fall away and you know us here at Boca we're going to be strong in the 90th minute and that's why we're going to be a better team so that's now transferred over to the LA Galaxy I mean the fact that you're getting most of the technical staff there Kevin from one of the largest clubs in the world with the Boca Juniors down in about down in Argentina um, is is going is a step up and it, it has to be a step up for the LA Galaxy and, and maybe even MLS, uh, you know, in terms of what they're able to do and how they're able to do it and bringing that South American mentality to MLS and how they train and how things go about. I think it's going to be very, very interesting. And I think Scalotto is very, very big on on the competition and he'll trust the youth when it's time to play. It doesn't matter how old you are, that type of thing. So there is competition at every single position and there's going to need to be competition at every single position. If the galaxy are going to be, um, you know, a better team than they were in 2018. Well, you know, what makes this training important is first of all, in soccer matches, everybody knows, you, you know, it's, it's like running a, a 10 K with a, with a, a soccer ball attached to your foot. I mean, it's very physically demanding. So obviously being in good physical shape is going to make you a better team. That's part of it, but don't forget the mental part. And I know boxers use this and boxing trainers use this a lot at the end of a fight, when you're ready to give up, when you're getting pounded and you're exhausted, the, you, in your corner, you, you'll hear from your trainer. Do you remember those workouts we did? Do you remember how hard that was? Do you remember how you wanted to quit then? You didn't quit then. You persevered. You can do this. That's the, You can bet your bottom dollar that that's going to work with the Galaxy this season, that they may be playing a game in Houston in July and it's hot and, and some guys are really winded. 
and you're going to hear on the sidelines, you remember what we did in January and February. Remember those two-a-days. Remember how hard those were. You can do this. It's mental as well as physical. Yeah, it certainly seems to be. Uh, let's see. Let's go on with some other stuff that we have. I, I don't know if this is this is fun news for you or not. Uh, Guillermo, Sper- Guillermo Barrascolotto has joined Twitter and Instagram. I confirmed with the club. These are his real accounts. At uh, GBS underscore official is the coach's Twitter handle. Uh, and then G Barrascolotto is the coach's Instagram. That is Guillermo. That is the guy. Uh, so if you want to follow those, you certainly can. But those Do you came see his out first today. tweet? Uh, I did see, he said, I think he said hello to everybody, basically. He's like, no, he said, who's Panda? Who's Panda? Yeah, I don't think that was his first tweet. By the way, where's the where's the the promo? Where's the jingle? Where's the jingle? Oh, it's way over there on the other button. Hold on. Here we go. Three, two, and one. Panda and Pato in the morning. That, was that good? That wasn't very yeah, fast. That was good, yeah. Okay, that was okay. good. I'm, gl- I'm glad you enjoyed it, I guess. Uh, anyway, so that is those are the official ones. The coach is going to be on there. I don't know how much he's going to use it, but those are official, so if you want to follow those, uh, you can. Uh, we go on to the training and, and all that fun stuff, and Kevin, I know you talked a little bit about the signings um, and possibly those signings you know, being closer to complete, um, but do you have, you have updates on Polenta and Antuna, correct? Well, yeah, I'm told that Antuna was in camp today. We were not allowed in, so uh, I'm just going to go with what the guy actually told me, that he is in camp. Uh, whether he's on the field today, of course, we don't know, but he is in camp. Polenta, they were a little more sort of circumspect about that. Uh, I told them that uh, I was in the impression that these guys would be signed this weekend and that they would be in camp, and they said, yes, they will be in camp this week. Both of them will be in camp this week. Um, it, it was unclear whether Polenta was or wasn't, but uh, the word out of Galaxy is don't you know don't be worried about that. The Galaxy do more than just about any sports team I've ever worked with do seem to hold off on the official announcements of these signings sometimes for for weeks. Uh, and I don't know what the deal is. A, a guy will be on the team, he'll be training, um, he'll be doing everything that he needs to be doing, and, and officially he hasn't signed yet. And whether that's because it has to go through the lawyers or there's a medical issue, the Galaxy do not tell us. But um, I have been led to believe that there is no issue at all. The fact that they didn't, Polenta was supposed to sign Saturday, the fact that he didn't is not an issue. Uh, Antuna is already there. So uh, consider those two guys part of their roster, as I did when I wrote my story Sunday. Consider those guys on the roster. They're they're going to be training. They'll be in camp all preseason, so that's not a problem. Yeah, the uh, I don't have them listed officially on my roster yet. I have the LA Galaxy at 23 players. The LA Galaxy listed 22 players uh, in total today. The one that I have that they don't have is Matt Lampson, who was picked up in the second round of the reentry draft by the LA Galaxy. Uh, I've been told that Matt, La- Matt Lampson is around Galaxy training, and that signing probably will be complete here, and an announcement will be made here probably you know in the next couple weeks, whatever it is. But he is the uh, the third goalkeeper there uh, listed in camp right now. Although uh, there's also uh, a little bit of interest, and, and certainly I was told that the Galaxy do have some interest in 20-year-old Abraham Romero. Now, Romero is a former LA Galaxy Academy kid. Uh, he's a goalkeeper. Uh, he has been, uh, he left the LA Galaxy Academy and went and has been playing with Pachuca. Um, and I, I don't know that he's been playing down with Pachuca, but anyway, 20 years old. Um, there is some interest. I, I can't confirm that there's a signing done, although he did respond to an Instagram post that said it was good to be back. Um, so I would imagine that he's probably coming. Uh, I don't think this is a first team signing, but this is a, you know, a guy who could be a first team guy in the future and that will probably be a Galaxy 2 guy uh, if indeed he does come. So Abraham Romero, keep an eye open for him and understand that he could also be training uh, with the senior team. Uh, We know that Efren Alvarez is listed as training with the senior team right now, uh, which is not a surprise because I think he trained uh, with the senior team last uh, preseason as well. But uh, again, a a good sign that Efren Alvarez continues his progression to possibly being closer to that first team. And then uh, the other player that I wanted to put on there is uh, is Julian Araujo um, is training with the LA Galaxy first team during the preseason. Um, and he is a guy who is going to turn 18 in August. Um, and he has already had interest from Spain and Germany. So Dennis DeClosa attempting to keep this kid, uh, Julian Araujo, here in the United States, here with the LA Galaxy, as it looks like uh, some bigger teams and certainly probably some bigger guys with some bigger paychecks over in Europe are, are trying to court him as well. So uh, and, a bunch and of that th- stuff. There's some roster space, and I was told they were going to add defenders, and Polenta is one. I was told to add at least two. Polenta is one. It, 
if there is any issue with Polenta not getting to camp or any of the other players that they try to, you know, there are going to be other players coming from Latin America. Remember, um, the LAFC opened their camp today and they had two players. Uh, they had a Libyan and they had a Brazilian who weren't able to be there for the opening of camp. And, and we were told that was immigration paperwork issues. Mm-hmm. Remember, the government's closed and, right. and it's been closed for a month now. So, you know, some of these players late signing like a Polenta trying to get out of South America and, and apply for whatever immigration documents he may need. There's not a problem there. It's just there's no one in the government offices in the U.S. to process that paperwork. And so that may be an issue if the Galaxy start to reach out and try to bring some foreign players into camp. They may be hung up by uh, just paperwork details because there's no one there to take care of them. Well, we have some uh, LA Galaxy alumni updates as well that we certainly want to get to. Um, we do. We, we have one, though. The big one is Ashley Cole to uh, Darby County is officially done, so if you're holding out hope that Ashley Cole would be back with the LA Galaxy, we told you that wasn't going to happen, um, and we've been pretty adamant about that since before the season was even over, that Ashley Cole wasn't coming back. There were some rumors that perhaps the Galaxy thought about offering him a contract to bring him back. Uh, don't know how far those talks ever progressed, but bottom line is Ashley Cole is officially a Darby County defender teaming up with uh, the manager there, Frank Lampard, his former teammate. Um, so that's good. I, I, as a side note, I actually went on a Darby County podcast on uh, on Sunday, uh, slipped into the studio, make sure I did that, uh, talked with those guys over there. And so uh, whenever that comes out, I'll retweet it in case you want to hear about you know Darby County and, uh, and Ashley Cole and what I had to say about him. Um, but Ashley Cole not coming back. There is another former LA Galaxy player, Kevin, who is not currently with the LA Galaxy anymore after his option was declined, but did pop up in maybe an unexpected place, but I don't know. For me, it was a fully expected place. Well, uh, I don't want to get away from Derby County just yet. Oh, okay, they have a, the coolest logo, and their their nickname is the Rams. The Rams, so correct. Yeah. With the Super Bowl coming up, we can, we can cheer for Derby County for a little while. Cool logo. But yes, the other person you're talking about, of course, is Bajo Husidic, who is in camp on a one-week trial uh, with LAFC. LAFC has about 11,000 midfielders, and Baggio is one of them, although he, Baggio is one of the few defensive midfielders that is in camp. Um, only 31, so, um, you know, an MLS veteran. And one of the things that may help him a little bit if he is to really make a run for this team is uh, I thought he was – you may disagree with me, and maybe some of the players disagree with me, but I thought he was a kind of a, a leadership guy. I thought he was an important guy in, in the locker room. I thought he was. Um, and with Benny Philhaber now gone, uh, LAFC could use some veteran leadership, some veteran LA or MLS experience because a lot of their star players are guys that are pretty new to the league. We talk about Rossi and Vela and people like that. And so they're going to depend on people like Walker Zimmerman and perhaps Baggio Hussidic to provide some of that leadership now that Benny Philhaber is gone. So he is getting the trial, as is LA Galaxy 2 goalkeeper Wade Hamilton. He was originally drafted by Portland and was in the Portland system for three or four years and had seven appearances with Galaxy 2 last year. He's in there as a goalkeeper. Um, Not sure what his chances are of making the team with Tyler Miller away with the national team and no other goalkeeper on LAFC's 20-man first-team roster. They have two goalkeepers in camp, obviously because you need two goalkeepers in camp to have scrimmages. Uh, Whether any of those guys are being considered long-term, I don't know, but Wade Hamilton is there getting a trial. I I think it's interesting, you know, certainly seeing that, and and by the way, it's not surprising that you would see Baggio Sidic try to land um, at another club, and quite honestly, with the Galaxy declining his option as a professional soccer player making your living, you're going to go wherever somebody will pay you. Um, Bottom line, that's how it works, and so trying to go to LAFC, uh, Kenny Arena uh, over there uh, certainly knows who Baggio Sidic is, um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if Baggio ends up on the uh, other side of this rivalry which will be interesting. To, in my mind Baggio was always uh, a great competitor um, even if sometimes I, I think that you know he's a guy that is um, maybe a little bit lower on, on speed. Well certainly lower on speed. Maybe doesn't have the technical ability but was always able to sort of insert himself into the game and and at least try to make some, some differences there in the midfield. I, I think it was fine for the LA Galaxy not to uh, pick up his options certainly with the uh, the South Salary limitations that, that he had there and, and everything else. But um, listen, this is this is only going to further any rivalry of anything if, if players switch sides and, and, and do all that. So I, I think it's interesting uh, whenever you're uh, whenever you're looking into this that you see Baggio on the other side of the rivalry, at least currently, and see if he can uh, possibly stick there and what it would mean if he gets to play against the LA Galaxy uh, very, coming up in Very high work rate, really hard worker, and, and Bob Bradley really appreciates those kind of players. So... Uh, he, you know, Baggio told me today it was just a one-week trial. 
um, which I'm sure that that's what it is. And, and we'll see if he shows enough in one week for Bob Bradley to bring him back. That may be a veteran thing, too. And, and I say that because they could t- say to Baggio, come here. Um, I, I don't know what the rules are, but presumably you could say, come here, try out for our team. It's open-ended. We could keep you all preseason. But with a guy like Baggio, a veteran guy who's been around, I think Bob Bradley, being a veteran coach, says, we'll take a look at you for a week. If we like what we see, then we'll ask you to come back. But if it's not going to work out, we're not going to keep you here. We're going to give you a chance a week. You know, it's still the end of January. We're going to give you a chance to go talk to other MLS teams right. and see if you can catch on. We're not going to we're not going to destroy your career when we know you're not going to make our team. Well, I would imagine that the LA Galaxy will also have some of these trialists in there as well. We're going to see guys who we don't know their names and we see numbers and we have to find out who they are because really the Galaxy's still thin at defense and so you'd expect one or two, you know, lower level signings on the defender side even if even if slash when uh, Polenta comes in and, and gets that done. So, so you look at that and this is just part of that preseason is going through guys, uh, trying to figure out if a guy maybe surprises you. Maybe you already have an opinion of a guy, Kevin, but you're going to bring him in and you're going to look at him to see if that opinion changes or if, you know, maybe he's just a diamond in the rough that you missed. Um, So all those things will certainly happen here in the preseason. We'll try to keep you updated with any of the trialists that sort of come into the galaxy as we can figure out who they are and where they're coming from and and what position they play and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Um, The LA Galaxy uh, did send out a press release on Friday on 18th, on the 18th, uh, basically just telling everybody that they had already rescheduled one of the games. There was a a Colorado Rapids game at Dick's Sporting Goods Park, which was originally scheduled for Thursday, September 12th, has been rescheduled for Wednesday, September 11th, just in terms of spreading out games and trying to find some different uh, different areas there to uh, to not make the schedule so congested. They go from a Thursday game to a Wednesday game. So however that ends up working, just wanted to give everybody a heads up that that was uh, that was coming there. Um, I, I guess the last bit of news and we have, you know, five or six minutes here, Kevin, that we can sort of, uh, you know, just I don't we know. have as long as we want. Yeah, we have five or six minutes. Um, we have five or six minutes here where we could talk. You know, again, there was a lot of talk at MLS Media Day about Atlanta having four designated players about the L.A. Galaxy having four designated players. I've been getting bombarded with tweets saying, oh, so MLS is just going to add four designated players. That's not happening. Uh, they, you know, and I say that knowing full well that MLS could totally have four designated players by this season and just announce it and screw everybody over if they wanted to. Um, it would help the galaxy out. Um, certainly. So you're basing this on the woman who told you they will not have that. She said no, there will not be four designated players. No, I'm not. Ba- oh, okay. I'm not basing that at all. I'm telling. Because when they said there will be no four designated players, they could mean there'll be five. Yeah, there could so or still six. Be honest. Or six. Yeah, no, and and they they'd still be right. No, I mean this really comes down to the fact that teams are allowed to have four designated players outside of that that roster compliance deadline, which is likely to be you know the very last day in in February or maybe the first day in March with games starting March second. Um, so you look at all those and say, okay, the roster compliance deadline. Doesn't, that doesn't need to happen. Nothing needs to happen with Giovanni Dos Santos. Nothing needs to happen with Roman Alessandrini. That's why they reported. They were always expected to report. There was never a, a sort of, I know there were people who were surprised that Giovanni Dos Santos reported this morning to uh, to preseason that he was shown in you know the physical stuff from Sunday. And that's not a surprise, and it shouldn't be a surprise. Um, we've been talking about how the Galaxy have plenty of time to make this happen, to make whatever they want happen, and that the longer they wait, the chances are that they might be able to move Giovanni Dos Santos somewhere where they will actually get some sort of financial relief from the roughly six or six and a half million dollars that they probably owe him. And if all else fails, that the Galaxy can probably go into that and say an AEG writes a check for, you know, the six million dollars. Um, six and a half million dollars. Although there's a report out there that shows five million dollars because Gio's just going to take a million dollar pay cut for no reason. That makes a lot of sense. Well, here's here's the thing to watch: the first preseason game. We don't get to see a lot of training, so we don't know what's going on in training. And e- even the snippet that we're going to get, it's going to be, I think, hard to make a a broad determination of what's going on. But when he plays his first preseason game, it's going to be very interesting because if he plays a great game and is just hustling up and down the field like he has done on occasion, not nearly enough, but as he has done on occasion, he can do it. If he puts in a great game and has a high work rate and really does well, he's either pl- he's playing for a supper somewhere. He's playing to, to impress somebody in Mexico or in Europe, or he's, he's trying to, to tell – Scalotto, look, you can't, you can't buy me out. You can't let me go. I'm too valuable. Or if he just kind of goes through the motions, then he's to the point where I think he's telling everybody, look, just give me my six and a half million dollars, and I will go away. Um, so I think that first game, you're gonna, you're gonna find out very, very quickly 
where his mind is at, whether he really is is taking this challenge. This is a challenge, too. Let's not forget that Gio didn't get this far without being a competitor. Uh, at some point, maybe they can rekindle some of that and said, we're better off without you, and he's going to try to prove them wrong. Or he's going to say, yeah, you're right. Just give me my money, and I'll go away. And we're going to find out very soon where he's thinking. Yeah, which will be interesting. And again, I mean, you know, maybe they don't even let him play in the game. I mean, you know, that's another sign. So all this stuff is sort of going to be revealed as we go. But it is by no means, you know, no reason that the LA Galaxy are under a time crunch outside of the end of February. Uh, it's not even the end of January yet. So you're still going to have, you know, the the most of the 28 days in February once you get through January to make a decision on Giovanni Dos Santos. To me, it doesn't hurt if he's there training. Uh, it doesn't hurt if he's pushing people. It doesn't hurt if he's doing himself. You know, anything again, worst case scenario, they write the check at the end of February and everything goes. So there's no hurry here and the impatience shown by fans it just needs to chill a little bit the best move for the LA Galaxy in fact the smartest move for the LA Galaxy is to wait as long as possible in hopes that somebody wants to take Giovanni Dos Santos off the hands of the LA Galaxy for one or two million dollars um, and then the Galaxy gets to save one or two million dollars and all of that stuff makes sense and that's a smarter deal and a smarter move than trying to do anything right now. Um, if they do, then it's already on the wall. So if, if they suddenly decide, you know, tomorrow after this podcast comes out that Giovanni Dos Santos is going to get bought out um, and that they're just they don't want to deal with it anymore, Kevin. Um, then they can go through and they can they can, certainly you can make an argument that it was like, you know what, we're AEG. We have more than enough money and we can do it. Um, but waiting doesn't mean that they're stupid. It doesn't mean that they're indecisive. It means that they're they're trying to get the best value for, for this deal, however they are. And the LA Galaxy will be roster compliant by the roster compliant state. And, you know, starting the season in 2019 on March 2nd against the Chicago Fire, they're going to have three designated players. That's it. Well, um, one thing to keep in mind in the future when you talk about the number of designated players and all those things is there is going to be talks for a collective bargaining agreement coming up soon. This uh, agreement is is beginning to 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 and I, I i do i do sense that there, there'll be no changes in in the salary structure this year i don't believe but uh i think it's too late for that but i do believe going forward that the league the ownership is going to push for fewer designated players which i would guess the union might challenge and what i think the league is going to come back and say is we're going to go down to two designated players but what we're going to do is we're going to increase tam money uh you know by a lot i think the league is really happy with the way that tam money has allowed teams to fill out their rosters with players who earn between say 500 it's going to be 530,000 this year which is which is the, the ceiling budget. for yeah. uh the salary uh, cap up to you know 1.5 million i think they love the players they get in that in that bracket and i think they're going to push for more money to bring more of those players in and fewer of the real top end players that's going to be something to watch because my guess is the union's going to have to be convinced that that is in in the best interest of their membership, and it probably is because that TAM money will be spread around. It will make more money for more people, but at the top end, the chance of being one of those big salary designated players is not going to be there, and, and that's probably going to be okay for most of the players in the union because the big money designated player contracts go to the European players and the South American players anyways, not the guys who are union members right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that all uh, uh plays out and remember there was almost a strike last time um that there was a cba oh, it's so it's gonna it's gonna go to the it's gonna go to the wire again it'll go to the wire so in 2020 uh if you're expecting a a quick start to the season by the way that season's supposed to start earlier in 2020 as well kevin um possibly uh, you know starting a couple weeks earlier so that way the condensed schedule that they have in 2019 isn't as condensed and trying to spread out a couple more of those games so trying to do all that and getting all of that done after the the cba so it's going to be a long negotiating uh, you know yeah. process that starts basically right now. Um, yeah, and take this to the bank. Do not buy tickets for the first Galaxy away game. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how, how that all goes. Do anyway, not book Do not book travel for that. Let's see. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I think I, I think that's about it. Um, we'll have more updates, of course, coming up on our Thursday live show. Um, I think Eric and I, uh, the Hammer and I, are going to the EMLS event that is uh, that is happening on Tuesday night. So uh, maybe we'll have some audio from that. Maybe we'll have some stuff. I'm waiting for that whole thing to just blow over. Yeah, you w keep waiting there, Mr. EMLS. Doesn't or eSports isn't a real sport thing. And uh, I was talking. It was fun to talk with some of your, I would say, contemporaries, um, some of the other reporters who were like, "Oh yeah, eSports is the next big thing. It's awesome." Blah blah blah. And and Kevin, you're just sitting there. Shaking your head, so it was. It was now nice to see. Get off my lawn, you kids. That's right. I, I figured that's how you go. I'm waiting for the the rotary dial phone to come back. Yeah. I understood that. Yeah, was, it was it was easy to use. I understand. All right. Uh, anything else, Kevin? You good? No, I'm still trying to figure out Twitter though. When you get off the 
yeah. podcast. Maybe you can help me. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. He might figure it out. He might not. Follow him for all of the breaking news that you need to follow covering the LA Galaxy, uh, LAFC, all the teams in uh, Southern California, and certainly U.S. Men's National Team, Women's National Team as well. Uh, Kevin going to France is part of the Women's National Team uh, coverage that he's uh, he's doing. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Remember, go get those T-shirts. $20 uh, campaign closes on February 5th. Would love to have your support, and I think it's a real solid design. Shirts are nice and soft. You're going to love them. Um, they always do a great job for us whenever they print them up. So head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com, click the shop button, and live event on February 16th. More information coming out on that. Check the website here in the next couple of days. We'll have that all for you. All right. For Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Kessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.